Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Voices of Forestry podcast. I'm your host, Seth Stevenson, the Communications Coordinator with the Arkansas Forestry Association. And today we're going to be talking about the best management practices in regards to Arkansas. Um, You'll probably hear us refer to them more often than not as the BMPs. And today I'm joined by John Beasley with the Arkansas Department of Agriculture Forestry Division. John, you're the BMP Coordinator, and thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. So, John, uh... We kind of talked a little bit beforehand, and what I want to do before we hop into what exactly the BMPs are is explain to us what you do with the division. I'm the BMP coordinator, and that stands for the Best Management Practice Division. Um, We more or less monitor and assist logging crews with following BMPs, primarily for water quality protection that can be flowing water, it can be standing water, um, erosion control, and it doesn't just go with logging, it can be any silviculture practice which goes on in the forest. It could be heavy duty site prep work, it could be controlled burning, it could be tree planting, but primarily logging is the one thing that we look at for water quality control. And I assist logging operations there for following the guidelines that we have set up in our BMP manuals. And now, the name of the of what we're talking about kind of says it all. These are best management practices. Right. These are things that the division uh, or the Department of Ag, whichever, you, uh, if you can correct me, uh, it it gives these practices out there and say, hey, this is what you need to do to best for right. force the land. Is that correct? Right. Those are the guidelines that we have set forth in our BMP manual, which um, is more or less a booklet that is set up with covering everything from streamside management zones, harvest roads, harvesting procedures, good forestry practices for logging and silviculture operations. And within that manual, there are guidelines that are the minimum that are set forth in this state. Every state has its BMP department. They all have their own manuals. They vary a little bit in um, um, the way the books are written, but they're pretty close to being pretty uniform across the southeast part of the U.S. Um, Our BMP manual is written in such a way that even an inexperienced person can understand it, but it's technical enough that it'll handle pretty well all situations that loggers will run into out in the forest as far as doing water quality control and good logging practices. And this is a free booklet. This isn't yes, something you have yes. to pay for. Yes, I've got, I've got those distributed out to the public. They go out to loggers during our training sessions. They're free to anyone who wants one. Just let me know. I've got them stacked up in boxes <laughs> in a storeroom. So, and they're updated every few years. We just got through updating our booklet about a year ago. Primarily, we did some address changes and phone number changes. But pretty well, the, all the um, guidelines are the same as they have been in the last few years. And we'll make sure to put some uh, contact info in the description of this episode to get in touch with John if you want a a book. We also have it on our website as a PDF if you want to take a look at it there as well. We'll make sure we get those links out to you guys. But John, just if you could, why, why did the department or why did the forestry division find it necessary to put something like this out there? Why do, why do most states have a BMP booklet? Most of the southern states are still voluntary. We have not gone to a completely restrictive permit-type logging system, as you may find in the northeastern states, some in the North Pacific Northwest. We're still a voluntary state with logging. Mainly, that means that loggers are not required to get permits. They're not required to put up post bonds or anything like that, or they're not being held accountable as far as getting fines when they make an infraction. In order to remain a... um, 
Well, in order to remain a voluntary state, we've got to follow several guidelines. We've got to show we're making progress. We show that our implementation reports and everything. We do our monitoring. And in order for loggers to follow these guidelines, it keeps us in compliance where we're not being put into a situation where logging is going to be put completely regulatory. That would just transform into lower stumpage prices for the landowner, which is something we do not need now. It would put a lot more expense on logging, which is definitely something we do not need now. So as long as we're, our loggers are willing to follow these guidelines, and they are because they have made tremendous um, improvements over the last decade at least, um, as long as they're willing to follow these guidelines and we can show we're making progress and following BMPs, we can remain a um, non-regulatory type voluntary system with our logging. And I know that's been a big thing that we here at AFA have discussed is being voluntary and not having the regulations right. that some other places may have. And again, you, you say that these are all voluntary but know that there are ramifications if they're not followed. Correct? Right. If, if, if uh, occasionally this happens, if a mistake happens or intentional, and it's really an impairment to a certain water body, it can go before ADEQ. There could be, um, if things are not corrected, there could be fines leveled, but that rarely ever happens. Our loggers are doing a really good job of um, keeping, up with their, keeping on their toes and keeping up with their, what they're doing and correcting their mistakes as they go. So you you mentioned loggers a, a bit. Is this primarily for loggers, or do landowners need to take a look at this as well? Or who, who is this aimed at in general? Well, loggers, as far as BMPs are following, loggers make up the large part of the tracks that I look at. But it's not aimed just at them. Um, private landowners need to be aware of BMPs when they're doing work on their property for the simple fact it takes care of their property. Um, you simply wouldn't want to hire a contractor who came in and just did a sloppy work and left everything. Um, it not just with logging, but like I said, with prescribed burning, with site prep work, building forest roads, building access roads, following the proper BMP guidelines helps to control erosion and protect water quality too. So it's something that not only the industry has to be aware of, it's something that the private landowner needs to be aware of. And we're seeing um, a little bit of a shortfall there in some of our small non-industrial private landowners because they're just not aware of, of BMPs like they should be. So we're trying to get that information out more to those non-industrial smaller landowners and those small mom-and-pop loggers who may not be in a, a third-party certification program, they may not be working on the large tracks where BMPs are strictly enforced from companies like Weyerhaeuser, but um, the smaller landowners, the smaller loggers still need to be aware of these guidelines and follow them. So in regards to what you do as the BMP coordinator, has that been a big part of your job is getting the word out there, getting people familiar with the BMP guidebook? Yes, we primarily do that through our logger training. That program goes through the Arkansas Timber Producers Association. We team up with them to do logger training throughout the year. This past year, a monkey wrench got thrown in everything, and we're in the process now, especially over at ATPA, they're in the process of doing some virtual training, setting that up. I was able to get some small in-person groups outside training done last year. In fact, I got one done this year, just last week. But hopefully as time goes on, we'll get back to larger group in-person training where we can we can um, pass out material, meet and talk in large groups. Uh, this past year, everything kind of got put on hold. We were able 
to hardly get any training done with the AFA, with their landowners programs, with that offers us a chance to get that material out to the private landowner. Hopefully things will get back to normal where we can get back in the swing of things and get that material out there better. So from your standpoint, I know this BMPs, I mean, it's part of your job title. It, it's your job. Um, but what exactly do you tell landowners? I'm not sure how many landowners you, you work with a whole lot, but what do you tell landowners concerning the BMPs? What is it that you want them to know uh, about these best management practices? Mostly everything you need to find out about BMPs are found in our BMP guidebook. If a logger or a private landowner follow those guidelines, they're not going to have a problem with BMP um, non-compliance. Occasionally things happen where you can get a six inch rain overnight and undo all the good work you've done. You've just got to back up, take out that handbook, look at it, figure out a practical cost-effective way to correct the problem and go at it. Um, a lot of times, especially in the last couple of years, we've had problems with getting things corrected due to the weather. Everybody knows the amount of rainfall we've had, especially in South Arkansas, and it's compounded the problem with getting good BMP work done but we still have to keep at it. Um, mainly I try to convey to the private landowners, this is your property. You want to take care of it. So if you follow these guidelines, you'll have a better timber sale as well as the next timber sale will be a whole lot better too because a logger's not going to have to come back in and fix the problems that weren't corrected earlier. So it's kind of a fix the problem as you go. You look at the guidebook, you decide where to make your stream crossings, how to build your roads, where to place your deck. And then the most important part of any logging process is the closeout. Before that logger moves his equipment off your property, after he's finished logging, he corrects any problems that may have been discovered or anything like that. Um, water bars are installed, roads are leveled, stream crossings are cleaned out. The closeout going through the property and making those decisions of what to do and what not to do is the most important part of any logging operation as far as BMPs are concerned. So it's all right there. You can have it on your phone. You can have the physical book. Any any answers to questions should all be yes, right you there. Yes, you can have the book. You can download it off our website in the PDF. You can have it um, on your phone where you can look it up. You can call me or I will come to your site and do a pre-harvest, a in-harvest, or a post-harvest exam to give you some information and guidance and what you should do. So how often is this book updated? I know you guys said you had a recent update to the book, is, yeah. but that was mainly just kind of some small minutia things. Yeah, the, the, the last update was mainly to change some addresses and phone numbers because we moved some offices around and there were some photographs that were changed out. But basically the, the book has stayed in place for the last decade or so since I, I'm not sure when I know I've got one of the old blue books at the office there and that's back when I first started to work we went under the old blue book before we went to this new book which is a color wise version and it's a lot more detailed. But like I said the book is written on um, some of our personnel wrote this book along with the AFA Forest Practice Committee and everything and it's written in such good detail that it's technical enough that it'll cover whatever you run into in the forest but a landowner who maybe really does not have experience in forestry can't understand it so it's it's really a well-written book. So I guess what I'm getting at is, is along with it being well-written that these are tried and true Practices. It's not yes. just something that has been thought up here in the past three no, years. No, and basically, if you pull out every BMP book across the southern state, you're going to find they're very similar. 
Um, there may be some distance difference in SMZ widths. There may be some some mathematical changes, but basically they're pretty much the same. Okay. So, John, I guess looking forward, going from here, like you said, there was a monkey wrench, and we all know what that monkey right. wrench was right. this past year. But going forward, what are you hoping to accomplish as the BMP coordinator here in Arkansas specifically? Hopefully, the one of the main things is we're going to try to get back on a good logger tr- contractor training regiment like we had in the past couple of years before the pandemic hit. Uh, that is going to be hitting at least two to three um, locations throughout the state every month to do logger training, trying to make it convenient for the loggers so they don't have to take off work, they don't have to miss a day of dry weather when they want to be in the woods, but we're going to try to get that training out there. We're going to try to get some more landowner, private landowner training associated with the AFA, your office here, mm-hmm. uh, where we can get the information about BMPs out there to the private landowner. I really would like to target those small small landowners who own the 40 acre the 20 acre tracks who have difficulty getting a logger sometime because they just don't have the acreage and sometimes those loggers may not follow the proper bmp i like to target those landowners and those small loggers too to get them to understand how well the bmp guidelines will help so in the near future we're looking at trying to bump up our training Possibly later this year, we're going to start another round of implementation survey. Our last one was completed in 2018, and every survey we've completed every three to five years, we're slowly bumping up that percentage score. We're getting better at it, and that shows that we're making progress and improvement. Our loggers are making progress and improvement, and it helps us stay a voluntary logging operation type state. And that kind of goes into some of the things I've been talking about with past guests is this isn't just the forestry division or ATPA or AFA. This is a team operation, so to speak, with with these organizations, but also with these loggers and landowners. There has to be some kind of teamwork involved. One of the the biggest biggest helps I think that has happened in the past are these third-party certification programs like SFI, Tree Farm, or something like that, where large industry has and mills have gotten into an agreement, we're going to follow these guidelines. Well, it's caused the loggers to say, we're going to have to follow these guidelines and we're going to get contracts to work on these places. So I'm, whenever I do audits of these tracks, I find that they're very good in compliance. And part of that is they're they are doing their best to stay in compliance with these third-party certification programs that have come in place. Um, 25 years ago, yeah, it looked like the Wild West when you went into certain tracks, and that is really tapering off a little more and more each year because loggers themselves, the um, logging companies, the mills, the large timber companies, the smaller timber companies are all doing a good job at following these third-party certification programs. So more often than not, you are finding people are willing to follow these voluntary guidelines. Yes, yes. Okay. It's become a matter of, um, you know, um, requirement for doing business now. You know, I've had, I've had people say, well, it's just increasing the cost of doing business. That's true, but it pays off in the long run because tracks are left in better conditions, that there's, there's more volume and better, better control on the BMPs lead to less erosion, less sediment into the streams. So when those loggers come back seven years later, maybe to do another cutting, they've, they've got 
tracks that are ready to go. They're not having to fix up the roads that were tore up seven years ago that weren't repaired, or they're not finding streams that have been dammed up and flooded the, the area and destroyed timber. As long as these BMPs are followed, I think they will throw up, throw everybody into a situation where it's a payoff for them in the long run. So looking kind of at a alternate reality, if you will, do you know what a more regulatory system would look like if if for whatever reason people decided we're not going to yeah. do these anymore, what what would that look like? Well, let me let me give you an example. Um, one state I know in particular, I won't mention the state, but before a logger attempts to do any harvesting on the track, he has to apply for a permit for that track through the state forestry agency. That takes time. He has to put up a little bit of money. That takes time there. Next thing, the employees have to go out and investigate this track before the harvest to see what's there. Then when the harvest operation begins, the employees have to return to that track to monitor the harvesting of that track. After the harvesting is complete, the employees have to return to that track a third time to monitor the final harvest to see if there are any problems. If any problems have arose, the logger has to correct them or he's cited with a fine. Now, as much logging that goes on in Arkansas, you can imagine what a nightmare that would be for the Forestry Commission to have to go out and monitor every logging site at least three times. How much money that would translate to the logger to put up as far as permits. That all comes back down to lower stumpage value for the timber um, landowner there, and that's one thing that we're dealing with right now are low stumpage values. We don't need any more regulations that are going to drive the price down. As long as these loggers are willing to do the best they can to follow BMPs, I think we can stay non-regulatory like that in a voluntary type condition. So red tape, just red tape out the wazoo. Right, right. It would be a nightmare for the Forestry Commission to be able to monitor every logging site this many times. We don't have the personnel. We don't have the funds to do that. Also, it would slow everything down, and I think it would just drive the price of timber down so much that we're in a situation right now where we've got tracks that are just backlogged, overstocked, and need to be harvested. But they're not. we don't have the logging ability like we used to. So many have gone out of business. One thing is we don't have the mills that we used to. So we've got a lot of tracks that need to be harvested right now. We really don't need to slow that down. So kind of taking a step backwards real quick, in regards to last year, have you seen any, I know the education wasn't quite what you guys had hoped, but did you guys see any, I don't want to, degradation may be the right word, I'm not sure, but uh, any issues with people following BMPs last year? No, a lot of the, like the third party certification programs, they gave some exemption for their, some of their loggers to not be able to get their training they're required, to postpone it, to use other methods in training. Um, everybody kind of worked together. We knew what we were facing with the pandemic and how it's going to slow everything down with large gathering, in-person gatherings. But the, uh, the main hindrance I saw last year had to do with the weather more than mm-hmm. anything. It was not human caused it was just weather we our loggers were up against the wall with exceptional rainfall and trying to get work done and um, my biggest problem with the complaints i had last year was heavy rutting excessive rutting and forest hall road um, being destroyed or something like heavily damaged that was the biggest problem and i think that was due to weather it wasn't due to a lack of attempt of loggers trying to do a good job or not being able to get their training so an act of god no nothing nothing you might might want to say that i mean no one controls weather though 
So again, John, as we start kind of wrapping things up, there was uh, something you wanted to talk about. We, we kind of spoke before we got into this. There are four pillars or four different parts of your job duties right. as the BMP coordinator or the BMP department. Right. So if you want to, can you kind of explain what those okay. are? Okay. Well, the first part we talked about earlier, and that is the logger contractor or private landowner training that we do, which we um, are going to try to step that back up. We may have to back off and come up with some new ideas, but we're going to try to increase that training. The second step is we do courtesy exams. Like I said, this could be something as simple as a meeting on site where um, pre-harvest exam is made. It could be during the exam itself to look at any problems that may have arose and you want to figure out how to correct them before they get any worse or it could be a post-harvest exam. Uh, we do this for industry. We do it for the private landowner as well. All that takes is just a request. Give me a legal location, what you need. Um, I've got forms set out for each type of an exam. Um, also, we do what we call tailgate training sessions. Um, that is normally something that is done outside with the logging contractors. Um, short training sessions for small groups. That is probably something I'm going to have to pick up on this year to kind of make up for our not being able to have logging training where we have large groups that are in-person trainings in, in confined rooms or in something like that. We're going to have some of the smaller tailgate sessions out on the logging sites where everything's outdoors, everybody's out in the air, and we're some distance apart. We're walking around looking at sites. We're going to have some more of those. The third thing that we deal with is logging complaints. We have an agreement with the Department of Environmental Quality here in Arkansas that everything that they received as a logging complaint is transferred over to us. We look at everything there. Um, unless they want to take it or unless they want to work with us as a, as, as a team effort on it. Um, I receive complaints from the ADQ. I receive complaints that are sent in by the public, also by, by private landowners or logging contractors themselves. Um, every complaint is investigated. The first thing is to determine whether it is a valid or a non-valid complaint. We try to make our best effort to, to obtain site permission to get into the site. And once something is deemed to be valid, we look at it, try to figure out the quickest, most practical, cost-effective way to correct it. If, if the logger is willing to work with him, me, I'm willing to work with them. Um, if we get to a point where there is not a correction made that needs to be made, um, a requirement may be sent to the AFA um, Forest Practice Committee or the SIC Committee in the state to request the logger, the contractor, um, comply with our, our request for making repair work. If that is not followed, it may be forwarded over to ADEQ for them to make a determination where there's significant risk enough for them to get involved where it could be something going into the point of a fine being levied against the logger. We hardly ever, ever get to that point, and that is because the loggers are willing to work with me on this as long as I'm willing to be reasonable. And I found that um, our biggest hindrance has always been, once again, the weather. Mm -hmm. Loggers need to get things done, and sometimes you try to do things when it's too wet, you make a bigger problem. So we have to kind of work around the weather with that. Our last thing is our implementation survey. Um, we finished the last one, like I said, back in 2018. We're going to start another one this year. We're going to monitor sites statewide. Um, I think the last survey we picked up about 237 sites. Over the course of several months, we're going to monitor sites statewide. We're going to come up with um, 
an overall percentage rating. I believe our last survey, we got up to 93%. We've been climbing a little bit every survey. Um, I don't see any reason that this one won't be a slight improvement. We're going to look at everything such as streamside management zones, haul roads, harvesting procedure, regeneration type work, and we're going to uh, look at all these sites across the state and then break it down by the geographical region, the type of harvesting, and then we'll produce a report at the end of that that'll be out for the public or for the EPA to look at. So this kind of brings up something I hadn't even thought about is, yes, these are voluntary practices, but there is a sense of self-regulation amongst the community that needs to be taken into account so that we don't get to a point where a bigger regulation right. comes into play. Right. Um, um, you know, if a logger, logger decided he wanted to cut all the trees down along the Strawberry River and pull a skitter up there and dump oil right there at the bank, that's considered significant risk. Um, you're not going to run across too many loggers who are going to do something like this. But as long as he's willing to follow the guidelines in that BMP book. The guidelines also that are set out by the company he's cutting for, because some of these companies have a little bit tighter regulations even mm -hmm. than what we do in our BMP guidebooks. They have a little bit longer width on their SMZs, especially in the Washita's and the Ozarks. But as long as the loggers following these guidelines, um, I, I feel that we'll be able to stay in a, in a type of situation where we are now, where we're not having federal regulations coming in or state regulations that are putting restraints on the law and causing, you know, an increase in, in the amount of doing business. So for those that are familiar with the BMPs and they see something that might not be quite right, do they contact you or the yes. department? Okay. Yes. And, you know, I get a lot of, I get a lot, and I can pretty well make a determination over the phone where it's a valid or non-valid complaint. Mm -hmm. But regardless, I look at it anyway. A lot of times you look at a brand new logging operation, even if it's done completely right, it looks bad. It looks bad to the public. Anytime you go in and move soil around, take out trees, it's going to look bad. Mother Nature heals that over time. But really, when you get down and look at things closely, you'll find out that the BMPs were followed by the logger. Uh, it may not look like that from a highway. It may not look like that to the general public that does not may not have knowledge of forestry, but we're going to look at those sites if the request is made and make a determination whether there was a BMP non-compliance or something like that. It is such a shock to see trees in a spot that you drive by maybe every single day or right. every week or something, then like that, it's just bare. Right. And that is a bit of a hard pill for some people to, to swallow. But these BMPs are there to make sure things yes. regrow and, yes. the, and the, the land is Yes, and we've safe. gotten very good at replanting and restocking trees, almost to the point that we've got some stands now that are overstocked. We planted a lot of trees in the 80s when I first started work with the commission, and we, we were planning on doing a lot of harvesting. Some of that tapered off, and now we've got some overstocked stands that are really in need of harvesting um, because we're setting ourselves up for probably problems down the line with southern pine beetle, with wildfires, with drought. Um, so we've got some stands that really need to be looked at and dealt with and proper BMPs put into those stands during harvesting. All right. Well, John, thank you so much for thank joining you. me today. I know we had to get our schedules kind of lined up, but uh, I appreciate you making a trip down to visit with me. Um, I guess uh, we'll have some contact information for John, like I said, in the description of this episode. So if you want to get your own BMP manual, a physical copy, you can get in touch with him. Or if you have any other questions, you can shoot him an email or give him a call. Um, but 
Thank you again, John. Thank you very much. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for giving us another listen. We really appreciate it. As always, we want to give a special shout out to Rob McCormick slash some guy named Rob for the use of our theme song, The Same Love. That's off of his album, The Folkster. You can find more of his music on Spotify, and we'll also have a link to his personal website as well in the description of this episode. And if you want more information about the Arkansas Forestry Association, you can visit arcforest.org. That's A-R-K. F-O-R-E-S-T-S dot org. Thank you again for joining us. We'll be back next month with another topic and another guest. As always, thank you for giving us a listen. I've been your host, Seth Stevenson. Have a good one. <laughs>